0: It's Rusty Diamond, Motherfucker. Yo, man. Boom, it's Rusty. What is up, everybody? It is Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. And yeah, we're here, we're doing things, so thank you everyone for being here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN, on the podcast, the Public Access Podcast, and I'm your host, Rusty Diamond. I think I said some of this stuff twice, but you can never have too much information at the beginning, right off the bat, correct? Anyway, today... It's a special guest, and it's a guest who's been on before, a special guest who's been on before. And uh, before that, I'm going to say, hey, you want to call and leave a message? 503-974-6420. Maybe you don't want to leave a message, and you're like, huh? And you're like, ah. Messages? Messages? We don't need no thinking messages. But I need messages. 503-974-6420. So let's bring on our special guest right here, right now. And right here, right now, we have Maya Brexel. There she is. Hello. Hi. Hi, Maya. How are you today? I'm doing
1: absolutely fine. Just had an amazing session.
0: Oh, what was the uh, session? Was uh, I, I don't know if you can get very into detail, but uh, what what kind of session?
1: Yes, that was a session for a person today, and it was in a, a general uh, life changing. Um, session this person had a way in his life and it brought him to where he was and he found out that he needs a change in order to continue and he came to me and we because he didn't know about hypnosis so he asked me what are the possibilities he has with hypnosis and i explained that whatever we did in hypnosis is instant he came out and it was changed and it will continue. And he is coming another two times because everyone who comes to me gets like a program where they have to do certain tasks also. I always do a little bit more than just hypnosis.
0: What kind of extra tasks, tasks are you asking for?
1: the task are i have a product called the magic necklace they have to do something with the necklace which brings you to focus on positive which in the evening feeds the subconscious with positive things and additionally in order to be able to do the task you are brought to the in the day to look for positive things to find positive moments in your life so that the focus goes from nowhere on negative. That person was really very negative, seen negative, thinking negative. Even when he does, you know, the stand up puddling. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I'm in the middle of the ocean, far, like far away from the sea, uh, far away from the beach, on the sea, actually should enjoy my time. But I cannot control my monkey mind, my thoughts. I'm thinking of negative things and I don't really like it. I want to change. And he saw me holding a talk and he instantly said, I, I resonated with your words. I want to change my life. Can you help me? And I said, yes, please do come for a session. He today had his first session. They always, my clients always get the magic necklace that they do have the task, what they have to do every day in the evening before sleep because everything you take 15 minutes before you go to sleep, your subconscious minds will work on it while you are resting. And it should have been a focus on positive things solely. So that is what the magic necklace brings the person to do. And additionally, in the next week, Oh, I taught him about intention, that he has to now implement intention every step of the way in his life in the day. If you do something without intention, it is like you're watering soil without seeds. Or you have seeds, but you don't water them. Intention is very important. And as he has also a physical problem the uh, water I gave the also the post-hypnotic suggestion that every time now he is in the shower or he is in the sea, that this water will have a certain as X impact on his daily life. And one is that every time you see the color green, all these positive, beautiful emotions come rushing back to you. So from today, Every day from today onwards and from today onwards, every day you see the color green, all these beautiful feelings, the power feelings, the healing feelings, all these feelings come back as a post-hypnotic suggestion so that he then the subconscious can work on that every time it it's recognizes the color green without him having to think about it because that is as a post-hypnotic suggestion is a task giving to the subconscious and doing by the subconscious very powerful Uh, it was his birthday today so it 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 was a very um, special day for him also to choose that day to change his life to change the way he thinks change the way he sleeps change the way he walks up the mountain from now on with positive thoughts and not thinking about negative or, or hateful thoughts even sometimes
0: and I see in the background, there's a plant, uh, there's a flower that has green on, uh, green flowers, so it's always nice when you come back for that second, third uh, appointment, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling great coming, I mean, you're probably already feeling pretty great going in there, but uh, that sure helps a little bit there. It's a nice little yes. And addition. this flower
1: I got for my birthday. This month is my birthday month. Also on the third, it was my birthday, and this beautiful flower I received as a present. So I'm very, very happy.
0: That's a great present right there. Uh, so Please on the come third, so, yeah. Well, happy late birthday. Uh, I guess that's. Thank you. I don't know what. I'm not sure the date is today, but uh, it's not the third. I know that. I know we're past the third. So today's twelfth. The 12th. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so a little over a week ago. And so what'd you do for your birthday? How'd you celebrate oh, your birthday?
1: Oh, for my birthday, it was very beautiful. I was invited by my, my mother was here to visit. You have to understand I live in Spain. My mother lives in Germany. So she comes to visit me on my birthdays. We were invited at my neighbor's place for brunch. And we stayed from half twelve till five. Then another lady came and I booked that day a talk in front of the German club. Here is a very big German community here in Spain where I am. And already in 2020, I was supposed to be a speaker in front of their group. But 2020, we all know got canceled. So I. Over three years later now, I had my talk. And the beautiful thing is I mostly do my talks in English, on podcasts or on exhibitions, on fairs, or in front of groups, I get booked. And this time my mother was there. So I booked a talk with a German club where my mother actually could take part and for the first time ever saw me perform, so to say. It made me very happy. So we went there at twenty hundred. It started, and then we came back late in the night, had another hug and another happy birthday kiss, and then we went to bed very happily and tired. <laughs>
0: that sounds like a great day right there. And then it to was. Have, yeah, again have your mom hear you in German as opposed to... Cause, I mean, that's a whole different level of anything, having to... I mean, not only are are you going out speaking, but you're speaking in uh, you, another language. You got to, you know, figure that in for... Or is that just sort of second nature now? Like, is it like you're not really thinking about it when you're going and you're doing, you know, a podcast or um, even doing hypnosis? Are you Do you ever do hypnosis in German?
1: I practice hypnosis in German, in English, and in Spanish.
0: Okay. So do you... uh does one have let's see does one have a better sound to it like to you personally or maybe to your clients or does it I mean you you can like uh if if I was doing one in a few languages I probably have some language that I, I like the sound of it with it you know flowing with the with hypnosis is there one that you prefer of the three to do
1: interestingly enough I speak four languages practice in three languages and all the language when I speak the tone of voice changes. If I speak Dutch English German or Spanish every time my tone of voice is different it has a different volume it has a different level so to say and yeah. interestingly enough I have to admit that English is my my preferred language when I speak, I do have the tendency to slip into English instead of saying "schön." I say "beautiful," and then I have to ah, it's schön. Yes, I I do. My my heart's language is English. My mother okay. tongue is German, and two other languages I learned. But the I my heart speaks English. I think in English. I dream in English. Watch movies in English.
0: So yeah. that was some. So I guess in. Uh before colored television was a thing that people used to have dreams in black and white uh, as well, which was, I'm not sure how accurate that is. I wasn't there, so I don't know. But I heard something about that. And um, was there a a time when you noticed that all of a sudden your dreams were in English? And was that weird or anything or interesting or did you notice? It was interesting because in school,
1: in Germany, you learn English. And you don't use it you lose it so until I went to UK to actually live in an english-speaking country everything changed and then after this time when I understood comedy and especially sarcasm like black adder which is very famous
0: ah, in... you like you like black adder Love it. oh, oh, awesome I lo- it's so good it's so good yes. ah, Rowan Atkinson's amazing that's uh yeah I yeah, I have a really good friend who turned me on to that and it's it's amazing. Yeah,
1: it's hilarious. And interestingly enough, Doctor House
0: uh-huh. is
1: played he played the stupid prince in Black Edda. Oh, okay.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Yes, it's very interesting. When you when you watch a series where she he plays the prince yeah, and you look at it. It took me a while. It always said Doctor House sounds so familiar. The sound, the how he looks, but I did not make the connection to Black Edda. and he's actually playing the stupid prince. It's very interesting to know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, um, it's yeah, it's always interesting when those things pop up, and then you're like, wait a minute, that's why well, I know this person. I don't, you know, there was something I was just watching where it was kind of the same thing, and it's like why do I know this person? And then you know, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, right. Yep. Yep. That's, mm-hmm. I would have never guessed that in a million years. That's who it was. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's good acting or something. Uh, but, uh, so then what was British comedy? Was that, is that something that was present in, in Germany? Cause I mean, uh or did, what did you have to get over into the UK to start watching that
1: Yeah, I wanted to live in UK um because I wanted to learn to speak English. I could speak but I could not hold a conversation before. So that was I can say hello, goodbye. I would like to I would not have, I would like to be uh, have this as for food for example, but to sit, have a conversation, have a laugh. You know, have a little bit of fun or a sarcasm, or these things were impossible for me. It was not enough the learning and the not using of the English language. So I decided to go to an English speaking country. And as for Germany, I'm born in Germany. UK is the closest English speaking country. Otherwise, the next one would have been woof, far away country. Yeah. I went there.
0: So then, uh, what I mean was it? Uh, did the sarcasm that, like, because the really dry sarcasm and comedy, did that take a while to kind of catch on with that? And because um, I mean, there's such little nuances and uh, it, all kinds of stuff that you know probably could fly right over your head when you know someone's talking to you. Was that something that was difficult, or was that? I mean, did I guess if you didn't know, uh, or did it, you know, take watching some? I guess I mean, watching TV. I mean, you really have to be interacting with the people, I guess, to get it. Or was I mean, the TV helping watching some of those comedies? Or
1: in the beginning, I couldn't Rusty understand a lot, really. You know, even when the people have a conversation, I was still thinking, what's the word busy? just simple words like this that just jump into your mind and then the sentence is already gone and they talk about something else and I was still thinking about that word. Yeah. So with time, and I always ask the people, I love to ask, if I don't know things, I ask, what does it mean? And uh, in these days, we haven't had mobile telephones, huh? Right. We had a little yellow dictionary (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: yeah
0: yep i remember that sure. was quite
1: different at that time yeah years and decades ago and then but it came and when i really was able to sit down watch a movie especially watch sarcasm and comedy then it was like ah now i can understand and speak a very good english and then i went also back to germany because then i did my task I learned everything I needed to learn. My spiritual journey also weaved there. So, and then I went back to Germany and yeah.
0: So what was that kind of, what was that journey kind of like? Your spiritual journey in, in the UK?
1: Interesting, because I was living with new age travelers they had all a little bit of an understanding and everyone brought a little bit from everywhere. South Africa, we had New Zealand, we had Australia, we had East European, North European, South European countries all come together. And it was very good because we got a little bit of influence and ideas. When you start a spiritual journey, you don't know everything. So I just added so much information coming across with Osho. I had a, a man who was really into Osho and... It was very good,
0: very Uh, interesting. From India? Okay. So there were people
1: from everywhere, from all around the world, working as an experience in the UK, and then meeting in working hostels, for example, where new age traveler can come, you get accommodation, you get food, because they get paid weekly in the UK, you will, after a few weeks, even start to make money. And it is very nice for the community. You know, you get to know each other, other sounds of languages also. It's different if you speak to a person from London or you speak to a person from Newcastle or from Sheffield.
0: Humongous
1: difference.
0: For sure, yeah. Just, I mean, even 10-minute drive is, uh, yeah, completely, you know, different dialect and uh yeah everyone thinks it's just you know british uh language like oh well not really not really <laughs> there, there's a lot more to that
1: um, for me it was just an advantage because now i'm i'm uh i can deal with a lot of accents and that's good
0: yeah uh, so the back back to osho uh the so uh so i'm from oregon uh which is, you know, uh, whatever other side of the country. And so the guy, uh, ended up doing, uh, you know, had his big following and they all moved out to, or do you know about all this stuff? The, the, uh, so it's, it's interesting. So yeah, there's a whole big story. So, um, Back in the eighties, the they wanted to like start a whole city, kind of in the middle of nowhere, and, uh, yeah, it was like a you know a very peaceful thing. But then the it, it wasn't like they took over. Not I won't say took over. They they were in a town and the people who were living there before thought that they were taking over the town and became very defensive of these people who are different, uh, and started getting, you know, freaked out and, um, there became a whole big old push and pull thing. And, uh, one thing led to another, uh, they ended up having a hotel in Portland, uh, which is this main city around there about maybe an hour and a half west of there. And they had a hotel and it ended up getting bombed. Um, And then there, the, there was retaliation with uh, there was a whole bunch of salad bars that ended up getting, uh, I don't know, like restaurants with salad bars getting poisoned, and so it was like ended up being the like the largest bio terror attack in America, and this was back in maybe the mid '80s or so. Um, they did, it, but he he said some like his uh, teachings and everything were like some of like it was such amazing stuff that he he spoke about and all this stuff and everything was great. And, but then there, yeah, I mean, the, the whole, the whole thing ended up getting, you know, turning into a, a, a bit of a disaster. And so then, I mean, yeah, they wanted to like run for like to, take over like to make the city a city make it like uh, instead of calling it antelope they wanted it to call it I forgot you know it, I don't remember, it was Rajnishi, or I don't know what the name of the city was that they wanted to change it to but yeah they like ended up I don't know it was uh, so then I spoke with a guy that I worked with I worked for um who did communications uh and this was yeah back like in the 80s and so so that like the, the FBI and were kind of you know into what's going the police were into what was going on there and wanted to get some sort of um you know listening devices set up in there so when all the infrastructure got set up um this guy I was working for was kind of part of it and um yeah I heard some interesting stories. But then they made a, a Netflix documentary about it, like a six part documentary, maybe like five, ten years ago, called uh Wild Wild Country. But um but yeah, I so but then I have a buddy uh who gave me I want to say it was like a hundred hours of uh, of his you know, teachings and videos and everything, and like I've got to watch and listen to a lot of that. And it's it's bizarre how it, that went. That all went to from one to another, and it's kind of a weird tangent I just went on. But uh, it, one of the few things Oregon's known for, I guess, was was that uh part of thing and i mean it was yeah a big deal 40 years ago but now i mean if it wasn't for that thing i don't know if many people would know that story but
1: i did uh, not no
0: yeah it was uh it was crazy it's so yeah if you ever get a chance and and want to check that out um uh, because yeah because like they needed to they wanted to uh, do like a vote to get like a a spot in the government. And since there was only, you know, the people who lived on this property and then there was the people who were in the town before. And so the people on the property brought in homeless people from all over to get like a, a large number of people to be able to vote, to be able to win wow. the vote, win the election. And um yeah, so then like I always think about like where I would be if I like if I would have seen something like this going on, like where a place that was um and it's in like one of the most beautiful places out around there. Like this just right right in the mountains, uh kinda on the high desert side of the mountain. And um, you know very it it was like a very special place for a lot of natives that were living there before and so it's always a cool place to go you know pass through or stop at and visit but um, yeah just hearing all those stories about it it's just uh, yeah I don't know I don't know if I would have gone there if I would have been drawn to it and think well there's the place where you know, everyone can, you know, enjoy the simplistic nature of things while learning, you know, a whole bunch of teachings. Um, or if I would have been like, ah, no, uh, it's not for me. I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I was wasn't too I do know yet. if it
1: would have resonated with you in that sense.
0: Yeah, I I think I would have liked to have checked it out. If I would have at least been interested in it and thought about, it. I don't know if I would have for sure gone or not. But yeah, it's always something that was a pretty interesting little part of uh, Oregon there. But um, sure. sorry to get sidetracked on that. I just I like uh, it's an interesting story, so um yeah so okay so so back back to you uh cause that's what this is really about it's it's not about me telling stories uh so then you were you came back to germany and so when you came back to germany were you still speaking in english or were you you meeting with english <laughs> people in germany then
1: no 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 no. pure german after that it was again pure german I did not meet any German people or was in contact with any, sorry, English-speaking people. I was speaking purely German. And when I came back from the UK, my last job in the UK was driving lorries, seven and a half ton lorries. So when I came back to Germany, the first thing I did was getting a job driving seven and a half ton lorries. It was just fantastic. I love driving. You're the day over. You're absolutely alone. You have the flask with coffee. You have your, your, you know, your, your, your food and your drink. And I love driving. And when you sit higher, it's very beautiful because you can see everything.
0: Oh yeah. And I did
1: that for quite a while. And then I started to uh, stop it. And then I did another education to become an occupational therapist. And that is a three year education in Germany with a state exam so for that next three years I was busy becoming a world around occupational therapy my title you can have a German occupational title or you can have one where you can work around the world and I was uh, wanting to have the title where you can work around the world so I'm registered right now here in Madrid which is the capital of Spain I'm registered as an occupational therapist, and that is what I did afterwards. And still, there are not a lot of English-speaking people in my area. I did it all in German.
0: And so, okay. So when you were driving, you mean like you were driving like a like a well, a big truck? Is that what you're talking about? Like, okay. And not so- the
1: forty-ton truck. Not the forty-ton truck. The seven and a half ton.
0: Okay, so you know so, the 40
1: ton, which you have the big dragging machines in the front, not that one. Yes,
0: yeah. okay. I uh, so I drove something like that then too. I guess it was, I don't know how big it was. Uh, I have no clue how I should have known, that's why I guess I, I didn't. I tried to go and take the test to ha- be on a bigger vehicle, uh, but uh. I thought I would know it and I didn't study and I couldn't tell you. I like the part I didn't know was all the different parts. You have to know all the different parts of the, the truck. And I didn't really know any of that, but that's, that's my own fault for not studying any of that part. Um, I guess I also didn't maybe subconsciously want to do that maybe, but, um, but Yes, I mean it was it was a smaller truck, but it it was it was nice for the most part being able yeah, to see over everything and um what what were you delivering?
1: Oh, I was working for in in England I was working for example double glazing yeah, for a winter garden. And in Germany I was working for a company called Hella. Hella is a company who are known to make the lights. For the cars, the, the for Audi. Circle you Sometimes you see the lights by the relic cars. It says in blue Hella. Yeah. And that's sometimes cool. I had prototypes. I had to drive prototypes of the front of cars, and they are quite valuable. These prototypes, so I oh. had to bring them from A to B. Um, I was driving parts of cars actually, because so Hella has their own logistic company attached called Nord Süd, North South, if I translate it. And there I was driving the lorries and I loved it. But it was just work. It wouldn't give my brain too much to do. And I still had, I need to do something which brings me further on my path. And that was definitely the occupational therapy. First of all, because it is a state recognized title. Okay um you cannot go to a course for a weekend and get the title which you can get for a reiki for example this is a three-year state course where you work in clinics um and then have state exams and then you get the title or not if you do not you have autonomy chirurgic psychology all these compliant in and then at the state exam they ask you all about and then you get the title or not
0: so do you have to do like, is it like a written test at the end or are you? Oh, it's like- a
1: state exam. It's not a test. It's a state exam where oh. you really, uh, the government, parts of the government people come to take part in this test who are in this, in the uh, departments who are rep- um, responsible for that. So what kind of
0: stuff did you have to do?
1: <laughs> I, for example, in anatomy, my my state exam topic was the spinal, the vertebrae, and the kidneys. So you have in the you have in writing, for example, psychology tests. So you do um, in writing. Some have multiple choice questions. Some are oral tests. Some are in different kinds. And my oral in in anatomy I will never forget was the the spinal the vertebrae, and um, the kidneys. So that was my topic. Others had the knee, for example, in autonomy, but mine was that.
0: So did you? were you happy when you got that part? Or, or were you kind of hoping on a different part of the body that you maybe... No, at the,
1: at the end of the day, because you have to know every body part. You have to know every single uh, joint, everything articulating... You have to know everything because you don't know what you get just before you are actually entering the room, so to say. Oh, yeah. You don't know um, beforehand, so you could just study these two. No, you need to know all of that and just before you enter are here. By the way, these are your topics you talk about.
0: Whoa. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not, not nothing. No.
0: They want to make sure everyone knows everything.
1: Yes, because they are also keen on bringing, giving people a title who have the profound knowledge and are able to recall it also. You know, when you are then working, you are talking to doctors and when and other therapists. And when you talk together, you need to know every Latin word for every part of the body. I know the bones with Latin words and the same like the nerves. So you have to have this understanding and the knowledge because... In your daily working life, these words are thrown back to you. So, and it is also important to have uh, when you are carrying a title that you deserve it.
0: And so, I mean, how much of it could someone take a test to remember it, to then forget it as soon as they leave it, leave after the test? Is that something that that could happen or, um, because I feel like that's how, most of my tests through school not through like college and university were but everything else just sort of like to take a test just to get it and then forget it as soon as you get past it for the most part was that something that do you think someone could do and skate by then after that or is it there's no way someone could do that and uh just let it get out of their head
1: That is the similar, what you say is during the whole three years, you always have little exams. Okay. There you get do that. There you have this topic has been taught. The exam is about that topic. Yes. But at the end of these three years, all is put in a pot and picked out by chance and given to you. So even though you think, oh, I can forget it because the next time is algebra, like in in a normal school, for example, yeah. and then is percentage, and then is this. Yes, you can forget in between after you did your test, you forget it because now comes algebra, and we need your brain free to learn algebra. And then we skip everything after the test and then you learn percentage calculation. And then yes. And you can do this also during the education. But at the end of all these three years, when the state exam, it's not a normal test. It's a state exam. You need to know every single piece you have learned in these three years. So you are studying and studying, studying hours and nights. <laughs> and then it's just luck. They pull out of the head it's your topic or... If it's a writing test, they give you the questions and you need to know all about it.
0: And so now you sort of, you don't really do it anymore? Now now you've, or is it still something you do? My work I always do under occupational
1: therapy aspects. Additionally, I had yesterday a school, a person from a school asking me for um, to work with a seven-year-old under occupational therapy I do do that but it's not my it's not where I introduce myself I introduce myself with hypnosis because that has gone my passion and there is where my signature method the animal conversation that is where my signature method lies and still I work as an occupational therapist if it is asked and apart from that I work always under the eye of the occupational therapy
0: Okay. And so, yeah. so uh, back, back to the animal, uh, the hypnosis. So I don't know if we talked about this last time or not, or we were going to talk about this and we didn't get to it. I'm not, I'm not sure. So let me just, in case someone didn't hasn't get it here before didn't get here before. So then with the animal hypnosis, what were you doing when you figured out you could do animal hypnosis and what kind of uh what kind of experience was that? Because I, I found out afterwards, after I hypnotized a dog that animals can be hypnotized is how I found out.
1: Okay, I don't hypnotize the animal, I hypnotize the human. Okay. Okay. I bring the human in a deep hypnotic state and audio tape the conversation, even though the person in hypnosis is listening to the conversation I have with the dog yeah. and the owner, rider, trainer, handler, carer, who is ever in this hypnotic state is experiencing the feelings, sensations and emotions of the of the animal. So when the animal is telling the story about how it was mistreated, the person in hypnosis is experienced together with the animal, these emotions.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Because
1: that was the thing. If you have a normal alternate communicator, like an animal communicator, you give the questions to the communicator. The communicator connects with the animal energetically gets the answers through feelings, emotions, sensations, tastes, pictures, words, and then gives you back the answers. And you're not taking part at all. But with me, you are taking part because you're missing out the best part of everything experiencing your animal, being your animal. You are looking out of the eyes through the animal. It's just an out standing and mind-blowing experience to have that so with me you are taking part you are feeling your animal you are feeling the healing the shifting everything together with your animal and when i let make a body check you are actually be able to see into the body of your animal it's amazing that's the humongous difference between an animal communicator and my new unique way named Animal Conversations. And I hold a one and a half hour conversations with your dog, with your bird, with your horse, with your kangaroo. I really talk for one half hour to an animal, solving issues, solving scarcities they have, behavioral problems, they tell about the past. They tell about past lives even. Yeah, that is the difference, and that is what I wanted to achieve: is to be able to change the behavior of an animal. A lady asked, "Can you hypnotize my dog? He always barks when I leave the house." First, I had to say, "Rusty, I don't know. Internet, can I hypnotize animals? Not really. To make changes and to have a chat, right? And then I had just to find a way. And the first animal I talked to was my white cat, and I cried." Did I cry? Oh, yes. And my cat actually gave me one of the most important messages, and I give this message to every single pet owner, is my pet said, please, two things. When you leave the house, tell me. And when you invite people, tell me. I live here too. All of a sudden, people coming into my place. Yeah? So please tell me when people come into your house, into my house, how right. important we could say, well, that's logical. Yeah. But would we think about it? Not really.
0: I, I make sure I do that with my cats and I feel bad if I don't, like uh, <laughs> yeah. and I, if I don't say, oh, I'm I'm leaving. Or like if I feel if I can find one of them, one of the two, if one of them's hiding, I'll, you know, I'll yell something. So my neighbors hear me and like, oh, yeah, Leon shithead, you know, like, uh, I'm leaving, I'll be back in an hour or something. Um, you know, or or yeah, if someone's coming by, I'll sit them down and be like, hey, someone, this doesn't happen very often that someone's coming over, like, hey, if someone's come over, it's going to be okay, but yeah, you know, someone's going to be here in your space. Uh, exactly. We'll it's their, their space. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so one of the things I had spoke with some other People who, I forgot what their title was, but they're, I don't know what, 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 what they say they were. Um, but so they're able to communicate with animals in other ways, I guess. Um, but one of the thing that always struck me, I spoke with, I think I've had two or three of them on that, like if an animal runs away um at some point and rather than the animal ran away, uh, and it, you know, no reason, but like they were saying like, okay, sometimes the animal just leaves because you know it's it's not a bad thing. It's nothing they did wrong. It's just like they did everything they need to do at this place. They're moving on uh going somewhere else you know they they wanted to leave it's not it's it's me it's not you uh, it's not you it's me you know kind of a thing and the, the animal just wanted to go and i don't know i don't know how that would get across to people um i don't know if i heard that if i how i would take it or not if i would you know i don't know if i would be more upset or less upset, but is that something you ever encounter people who lose their animals and or do you have to have the animal present when you talk with them?
1: Never. No animal is ever present. Okay. There was I don't know if you know a Frisian horse. They are these humongous black horses. And the, yeah. the man in Valencia asked me, do I have to bring my horse? I said, no, I'm living in a two-bedroom flat apartment. I said, we are not getting your horse into my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. my animals are never present. The dolphin stays in the water and the llama in in Peru. That doesn't really, for me, it, it, I, I never have the animals present. And I just want to say, there are two different ways. There is animal communication. We either communicate verbally or in 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 get the answers through that or in animal conversations and I practice a conversation. It's a complete different approach. Also, when you I get very often very angry people saying, I talk to my animal, when you love your animal and you know your animal, you don't need this service. It is not the same. I can interpret the behavior the verbal, nonverbal behavior of my animal. And I know that when it does behave, but do in certain ways, I can interpret that my animal wants this and this, yeah? But it's a way an animal communicates, but it is not a conversation. So it is a humongous difference one between the other. And I would love to tell a story. There was this lady, she uh, came to me because the cat was missing. And with me, as I said, you are taking part. That means you will feel the feelings of your animal. And when your animal is communicating, hey, I left you because our time we have to have together for learning or for whatever reason we came together is over, you will also feel that. That means the understanding from the human side is different than just mentally. It's because it's felt and experienced, it's a different kind of understanding. Yeah. So then they are, um, it's still sad because the animal is gone, but they have a different understanding and they are not angry or disappointed of because they know. And this one lady, she had the cat and the cat disappeared. And she was wondering what has happened. So I asked the cat, I said, hey, where are you? She said, I'm in spirit. Right then. I said, listen, what happens? She said, I got bitten to death by dogs. So it was not her choice to run away, but she encountered a group of dogs. And I said to her, I said, how long did it take? She said, 10 minutes. I said, okay. And before she said, I know my new incarnation. I know what I'm going to be. I said, What are you going to be? She said, A horse. I said, very happy for you, you're going to be a horse. And while she said, after the 10 minutes, I said, Do you or what emotions are still attached towards your death you experienced in this cycle? And she said, I'm scared of dogs. So now it could have been when she's incarnated as a horse, she would have been a horse with a fear of dogs. Could have. Because we are carrying the emotions through our incarnations and they trigger us in ways sometimes we don't even know. So I gave her the opportunity. I asked, how is it? I'm scared. The feeling is scared. Is it a nice feeling, not a nice feeling? It's not a nice feeling. Do you want to keep it or do you want to have it taken away or please take it away? Because I have to make the choice, give them to make the choice, the animal. I don't take the choice. It's there to keep it or to give it. So I did my technique. I developed a beautiful technique where I can then take away the emotions let them give me the emotions they don't need. Mental, physical, astral body, spiritual body all around and more so then that cat i said how different are you feeling now Free." he said do you in the next incarnation will you carry on that feeling nope so it was very beautiful because now i know she will not carry this emotion the fear of dogs any further because it has been left with me and i give it then back to universe to transform it to love and light and that was Good for the animal in the next cycle, but also uh, very healing for the person to know what has happened. Even though the stories are not very beautiful, you know that I have this. My animal, con- um, I have an, a foundation for animals where I work. My foundation take over the cost for my work in animal shelters, and I need volunteers to do that. I need always someone in hypnosis. That's my signature method. And the animals in an animal shelter very often have, when they tell their stories, where they come from, what they have encountered, they are not nice stories, right? They have been beaten, they have been starved, they have been kicked, they have been yelled at, they have been making scene where other animals killed in front of them, yeah? All these horrible things we also will hear about them and the person in hypnosis will also hear and feel and see the pictures okay it's a very very intense work but the volunteers in the animal shelters they are normally top 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 as what what heartbreaking work they they have to give it's incredible as really respect to everyone working in an animal shelter in kennels they really see things which are heartbreaking and they still walk through.
0: So, I mean, with the, do you do past life regression with your hypnosis at all? Is that something you do? If that is wanted by people, yes. And so, I mean, what... because like the oh, the most important part usually is what you want to learn from the death of, of these, in each one of those past lives was kind of the thing, like what you're saying with the being attacked by the dogs and like how it would, would take the horse being afraid of dogs in the next life um, take that over is that so i mean is that something kind of similar then
1: yes the death is the life is also important what has happened have you met people you can look at in your past life you can see in your daily life right now yeah? yeah, So we find people who are present in your former life, which are also right now present in this incarnation. It's also very interesting. Uh, the most interesting is always also how the people person died and also to be able to reframe it if it is something what the subconscious is suffering from or the through the people now are suffering through. So that we can reframe it, can change it, so that the experience has still been there. We cannot make an experience go away, but we can reframe it and change the emotions towards it. And therefore then change their lives in the here and now. And that is the most important because the most important point in this world is the now. So, and when you feel not good, not happy, something where you put not in front, then it is time. Uh, to look at it and find out and hypnosis as we know is the fastest transformative tool known to mankind it's instant it's it's keeping on it's holding on it can be it has uh it tackles multiple topics yeah
0: yeah
1: it goes on to the mental emotion but also the physical side so when you're emotional when emotions like psychosomatic The psychic makes the soma ill, the body. That means also that your mind and your your thoughts and your your way you think can make you healthy in the when we turn that around. So and we're using the power of the thoughts. And as I explained before, because I'm going far beyond normal. Clinical hypnotherapy in with my clients because I have so much experience. They do get these tasks. They have to do special things, and this with the necklace is just one thing, one task they get, and it is more holistic. I take them in the holistic way. They get informations about body, mind, spirit, emotion.
0: Yeah, and so then when people want to work with you, how are they going to find you on the internet? Uh, how or wherever. They're going to find
1: you. They do. I'm the only person in this world on Facebook called Maya Brexel. I think we will find the name somewhere along here. So they can get in contact with me. Um, I have the website for my animals. is animal-conversations.com. So if they're interested that they want to speak, Uh, that they want me to have a conversation and listen to the conversation and feel the animal, then they can do that over there. Yes. Excellent. Okay.
0: Well, hey, uh, Maya, thanks for being on again. Really appreciated having you on and uh, having you back. I very much enjoy it. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back another time again here, probably in a few months once everything's kind of settled down a little bit for me.
1: yeah Yeah. rusty thank you so much it's always a great pleasure with you
0: you're an amazing
1: host making light and invited and wanted and giving it a beautiful baseline where we can just step in and pick up your your your
0: keywords thank you appreciate that very much all right well hey have a great rest of your day and uh yeah we'll talk soon all right
1: yes lots of greetings everyone
0: All right, Maya Brexel. So uh, you guys, also, I'm going to try to figure out this lighting. I noticed I've been watching the videos, and no one's saying, hey, the lighting's not great. So I have indirect lighting. I need to learn how lighting works. I'm not a photogenic guy. Uh, So um, yeah uh great okay uh sorry um yeah you guys thank you so much for listening here on the quantum global broadcasting network QGBN, and i'm your host rusty diamond that is the show man boom It's rusty diamond, motherfucker. It's rusty diamond, motherfucker. Ernest. Ernest. Ernest! (coughs) Yes, Pee Wee. You brought the snacks, right?